Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake. The only show focused on Office 365 development, where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. Okay, so we're sitting in a hotel room in W Hotel, stones throw away from the Moscone West Center where we spent the day bleeding orange Office 365, getting everyone excited with a keynote and then the kickoff session and you've just had a session, Rob, so... When you say bleeding orange, I think you mean literally. I heard um, Andrew Connell got like hit by a car. He, he right. So no joke. Before we, me and Rob, uh, Rob Lefferts, we had our session. There's a really good Irish bar in the corner, a few blocks up, and he come and met us. And he walked in and he had blood on his jeans and a hole in his jeans. And we're like, what happened? And he was at a corner of a street, and a car came around the corner and clipped his knee. It stopped to check whether he was okay. And so Andrew comes in the door and he looked pretty sh- shaken up. I'm like, you okay? He's like, yeah, I think so. <laughs> so if you see Andrew like passed out somewhere, you know what's happened. Internal bleeding. Yeah, that's right. So anyway, sorry. So we've got Rich in the room, we've got Rob Howard in the room, and we've got Chax in the room. And Chax, you've got some big news. You've uh, jumped yeah, over. Yeah, we have done uh, some updates to Visual Studio. So we released... But you've the... jumped, man. Oh, come yeah, on. So it's, it's all about you. Exactly. So I think I, I, I did blog about that, so... Uh, two weeks before I, I started my new job in the work experiences team. So it's basically the SharePoint team that is working on all the new next-gen portals, the videos, the Delve, um, the profile, uh, the other stuff I think we'll see a lot next week at Ignite. Yeah. So I will be manning the developer platform and um, how people can connect to these and get the data out through APIs with all the effort that's going with the unified API and also looking after the SharePoint app model and what's going on there and what do we do next in the app model space. Cool. Well, congrats, mate. It's good. Thanks, Jeremy. I mean, you did a great job in the Visual Studio side, so it's a shame we've lost you there, but I'm sure Sean Labour will find a good replacement there. But it'd be good that you've moved over because obviously your background, you're in SharePoint, so it'd be good to yeah, work with Dan and Adam. SharePoint for quite long and um, done a lot of stuff in SharePoint. I love SharePoint, so it's good to be back. Cool. That's awesome. So you had a session, Rob, after my session with yeah. Rob. How, how did it go? Uh, it went pretty well. I, I finished in time, and uh, I didn't have any demo fails, so I think those are uh, the two check marks. went about as good as I yeah, can I think that from that perspective. For anyone who's listening who's a speaker, um, Ignite next week is 75-minute slots. Build is 60-minute slots. And I tell you what, that 15 minutes makes all the difference. Oh, yeah. It's, um, you know, the clock counts down, and you think you've got it. And um, it's tough. And who did yeah. you present with, Rob? Today? Yeah. It was just me. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. I thought there was one you were doing with Vittorio, like like the god of Azure Active Directory. <laughs> oh, he's doing his, he's doing two sessions on Friday. So he's oh, okay. got one on like native apps in the morning and another one on uh, web apps in the afternoon on Friday. Yeah. So all these sessions, regardless, I mean, this sold out in, I believe it was 15 minutes it sold out online. There's 5,000 attendees here. Um, it's it's pretty it's a buzzed audience. The keynote was pretty excited with a few of the announcements there, um, but all the sessions are actually broadcast. So if you go to um, build channel nine, I think they can. Yeah, but it's build Windows. Yeah, change the URL. Yeah, but build, we'll build Windows.com, but we've officially renamed the conference now Build 2015 because it's not just all about Windows; it's Azure and yeah. Office as well. Um, so all the sessions that we presented today will be up and running 
um, on Channel 9 there. So you can kind of, kind of go and check those ones out. So I'd highly recommend just watching all of them. Um, but the big one uh, that we did with Rob Lefferts and I, which kind of swept through all of the announcements. But uh, today on the podcast, what we're going to do is like pick one each and talk about it and, and get people's opinions on it because it's going to take too long to go through everything we've released. Um, and we'll cover a bit more of that off in the, in the next show next week too. So whatever we talk about today, we won't repeat in the show next week. But um, before we get into what we've released in Office, quick quick go around. Rich, what was the most exciting thing for you at the keynote for Build? I think it's got to be some of the things that we announced around Objective-C. I mean, there's, you know, obviously that's the that was like the first, like, dominant marketplace for mobile apps and still is in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, it's rare that you find someone that's not uh, building an app that's not targeting iOS where they've built it probably in Objective-C or Swift possibly. And, you know, we announced some things today around, you know, being able to take that project, an Xcode project, and going and compiling it in Visual Studio and being able to maybe target, uh, you know, a Windows mobile device, yeah. quite possibly. So taking an app and shipping. So is that kind of what you're asking yeah, for yeah, in general? Yeah. Something? I mean, that to me, like that, that was like shock and awe right there. When I heard about this a few months ago, I couldn't believe it because I was like, it's incredible. And the fact that he tell, Terry downplayed it a little bit in the keynote. The, the the game, the Candy Crush game, was actually, this was the first test run in the store. And the downloads on that thing is incredible on the Windows Phone platform. And, of course, no one knew. Everyone just assumed that it was... Yeah, we did it seen sharp. But it was actually the same code base basically co- recompiled to work on Windows. So I think if we can go after every single vendor that's been building for the iPhone and offer this up, I think the, the app gap that's always been that bugbear of Windows Phone could really go away. I think so too. I mean, you think about like if I could, you know, if I could have everything that's available for Windows Phone plus maybe everything that's already like right. targeting iOS and, and Android. I mean, that's pretty, pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. So. I, I'm excited. And I mean, what did you think, Shax? What was the biggest one for you, non-office in the keynote? Of course, I could repeat what Richard said, but I think one of the interesting things I saw was um, how you could just plug in your Windows Phone yeah. and turn it to a PC. I think people have been looking for such uh, solutions quite a long time. Yeah. Um, Asus, I think, brought an Android solution where you can... Um, slip it into... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You slip it in, it becomes an Android tablet, or if you take it out, it becomes a phone. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Um, but this is really cool. Like, you have you plug it in to the dock or maybe through Miracast, and you, you get to see your apps just because they're universal apps. It plays very well. Yeah, um, and I think that's a very big deal for you know the experience that we uh, provide to users and consumers. The demo was cool too because they used PowerPoint with uh, exactly. adding an image yeah. from the phone it, storage. It's like wow, that's a really cool. It, it clearly showed the power of Universal Labs. Yeah, and yeah, it it was really cool. Yeah, so that was Continuum. That was Continuum, yeah. which I like that name too. I hope they stick with that. It does make sense. Yeah. What about you, Rob? What was a uh, well, Richard stole mine, so but uh, but I actually thought the other one that that really didn't get much attention, didn't have much reaction in the audience, but I but I thought was really cool was the kind of first one they mentioned uh, around taking your existing website and packaging it as an app. Yeah. Um, one of the things I really felt like was a kind of a miss with the original like WWA write your Windows app as JavaScript is that like you actually kind of took out all of the web from it. None of the great stuff about the web you could actually right. leverage in it. You couldn't just deploy through a website, all that kind of stuff. 
um, so I feel I feel like that you know sort of helps with the promise of what that originally was, where I just write a website and uh, then I have some extra APIs for doing device stuff if I'm running as part of a, a, an app host. Yeah, and I mean, speaking of that, like like so, they I don't know if it was obvious in the demo, but um, when when Rob and Satya were on stage and did Delve, that was actually delve the the web experience delivered right through one of those applications i mean that nice. and, and it was something that was developed very quickly um and had rich hookins into windows to where it could do notifications and different things like that i mean that's pretty powerful stuff yeah i think the original premise like what you said rob is oh you know just every website should be an app now and it's like well that doesn't really make sense why would i just go to the browser like i don't need it to be an app but i think that the notifications one totally makes sense but the store thing's really cool. The yeah. fact that you can take a website and then integrate into the store experience, you know, really quickly is a, a great kind of jumpstart for web developers. So I'd be interested to see how where that goes. I think that's an exciting kind of exciting jump. And then for me, I think, oh God, you've kind of taken the cool ones. I, I do really like where this HoloLens stuff is going. I'd love to know how much of that was real. Is it going to get rid of televisions? Like that's, that's what I was like. So like, like I'm thinking, yeah, Samsung, you know, like they're doing curved screens now because they couldn't stop. They stopped. No, everyone's got giant screens, so it's got to be curved now. Everyone's going to renew their uh, their screens because they're curved. But now, like pretty much every service is a display. But um, I, there was a missed opportunity, which I was I was jumping with CJ after the keynote, talking about it. It's like that guy should have been wearing a Mark, Marty McFly the red jacket. Do you remember the one we pushed the button and the sleeve zipped up and the Nike zip shoes? Like he should have come on stage like that and had that thing on because it looks exactly like that Back to the Future 2 scene. Yeah. He should have had like the fruit bowl come out and, you know, tapped it and so it went back up into the, the ceiling. <laughs> but it was pretty spectacular the way that he snapped it off the wall and moved and it followed him around and then he yeah. got larger. Yeah. Uh, I, have you have you used one yet, Rob? No, I haven't. And I was really bummed. You know, they sent all the speakers the email around. Yeah. Like, oh, the the Hololens opportunities are for the attendees. Yeah. So, you know, back off. Like, oh. Yeah. Well, that that set they um, I I I being in the group that I'm in had access to the keynote and being backstage. They sent like even all of us this big thing about don't get anywhere near that set because like it's so calibrated for that that right. keynote. Okay. Like, I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to get to try one out. And yeah, not so much. Not even it, close. It was quite clever how they did like the the fact that you could see the augmented reality. So yeah, you could actually cool. simulate it. Because if you tried to explain that to someone, it'd be really hard to try and explain right, without actually putting one on. Yeah. Imagine sitting there and them describing, so what she's seeing right now. <laughs> yeah. Use your imagination. This is so awesome. <laughs> But um, like the dog on the floor, and like, yeah. it's just crazy. Like, there's so many different things you could do with it. The the stuff they did with the medical um, that was teaching, cool. Yeah, how you can take your body and look at your heart. The heart, the heart image was very real. Yeah, yeah. The way it pumped the blood and the arteries, and it was really nice. And I could imagine how useful it is for the medical students to go and look at it. Yeah, my brother's um, a marine biologist and he dives. And um, when he saw our productivity vision video where the diver's got like the whole hub on his the goggles, my brother was like, can you get me one? I'm like, oh yeah, sure, no problem. I'll like, send you one in the mail. Like, no problem. It, it's going to be good. I'm really kind of pumped to see where this stuff goes. Yeah. So um, so the keynote was good. I think there was a lot of buzz around it. And um, obviously they got their gadgets, they got their laptops. Um, it seems like a nice device. I hadn't seen that before, actually. 
But um, they've got some more surprises in store tomorrow, which I'm not sure they're aware of. So oh, nice. it'll be cool to see what they have pumped they get in the keynote tomorrow yeah. too. Good stuff next week too at Ignite. So. And some good stuff at Ignite too, yeah. yeah. So, um, okay, so on to the real important stuff, Office. So what was your most exciting thing in the in session, Rich? Oh, you know, one of the things that I'll, I guess I'll shamelessly plug because I, I got to work with it early on was um, – OneNote coming into what I would call the common consent family in, in <laughs> Azure Active Directory. Um, you know, to me, w- like every week we are like more and more selling that vision of like a unified experience with Microsoft. And so one of the things that, that we announced this week was, you know, OneNote's had an API for a long time in the consumer space and, you know, it's popular. There's all kinds of really cool things that have been built on it. Like even things like Office Lens, which I hear you are a, a big user of. Jeremy. Major fan, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there's there's all these cool hooks into like sending things into OneNote and doing things into OneNote, and and one of the things we announced this week is without without having to relearn any APIs, it's the exact same APIs. Um, I can now integrate with OneNote notebooks that might be sitting in something like OneDrive for Business or SharePoint, and. The cool thing is, is it's it's under that same common consent framework where, you know, I can use Azure Active Directory to authenticate once, and then maybe I spend a little bit of time in some Exchange services. Maybe I spend a little bit of time in SharePoint. Maybe I do some things over here, over there. But then at some point, maybe I want to like talk with OneNote, and and they've made that a possibility now to where I can I can go and and read what notebooks I have. I can go and create pages and sections and. And to me, that's that's really cool. I mean, there's there's endless amounts of you know things that I can do. I, I will tell you that there are two search experiences that have ruined my organization in <laughs> in business. One is Outlook, Outlook yeah. search, and the other one is OneNote search. Yeah, like I don't even try to like be organized in OneNote. I just throw it, it in there because because the search is so good, you know yeah. and. And the fact that now I can I can inject things into that I can put new pages and new content and it's offline and it will see absolutely to your absolutely yep. and so to me that was that was one that I was excited about I got to work with one of our um, strategic ISVs it's a startup here in in, in Silicon Valley area do.com where they they already did some amazing things with the our Office 365 APIs and. They actually already had this concept of taking a meeting agenda and exporting it to Evernote. And when I saw that, I was like, hey, we need we need some OneNote love. I mean, <laughs> that, that, I live in OneNote. And so um, what's cool is I worked with that group and they were really open to being, um, uh, you know, giving me creative freedom in, in some of the things that how we leverage some of our new disclosure announcements. And and so we got, honestly, I, I had that working in like, like two hours. So it took no time at all, you know, because they already have an HTML-based app. And, and that's honestly what OneNote accepts. Their API, you basically write a block of HTML and you stuff it into a page. And yeah. so it was incredibly easy to do. And I think I think the, you know, the opportunities there are, are endless. And the, the consumer API is in like, if I'm logged in to OneNote running in normal OneDrive, it's been around for a while. And Gareth Jones has done some sessions at the previous build this year, and he's actually got a session this week too. Some of the scenarios that some of the vendors have done around that, the the neat receipts guys, yeah, uh, where you you know chuck into the machine and it automatically saves it to OneNote, and the live scribe guys where they you scribble on the paper and it just automatically saves it into OneNote. There's a bunch of really cool ISVs out that have done some good stuff in the consumer space where now 
you know, they can just automatically start using the Office 365 scenario in the, in the commercial space too. Yeah, they have some pretty cool, there's some pretty cool like sample apps. Like they have one called, everyone should check this out. It's called Clip It. And it's basically, you, you save it as a, it's a favorite. Um, it only works in IE right now because it's basically a block of script that is a, a bookmark in a sense. But like I can be on a side, I'll give you a good example. It's one of Chax's blogs I go to all the time. It's the doing, doing, our OAuth dance with Azure AD in the raw version. Yeah, yeah. I always like, oh, I, I want, I want to, you know, I don't want to build an app. I just want to get a quick access token or something like refresh token or something. And so I'll reference his blog. And I was like, you know what? I'm sick of having to go there. Like I constantly am going to his blog. <laughs> but he wants the page. He, he wants the page. Come on. Come on. Well, 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 I, I can even post it with just the top. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. I'd, I'd be proud of that. But no, so, so what, what this, the Clip It thing is, is um, I can, any site that I'm on, I can go and, and click the button and it'll launch this little thing. It'll say, hey, where do you want to save this to? And what, what format do you want it in? So it'll either, it'll either capture a, a picture snapshot of the page or it'll capture the, the actual text so that it's searchable. Um, wow. and, and, and put that as a page in your notebook. Oh, that's so cool. I, I use it like crazy. Anytime I'm like, I'm like, Oh, Hey, some such and such did a, did a great blog. Um, I, you know, usually I won't have time to read it then. Yeah. So now I'll just do use that little tool. I have that similar thing with an if rule. So I have an if rule where if I favorite a tweet that has a hyperlink in it, it automatically creates it in a notebook section in OneNote. Oh. And then when I'm on the plane, because all my, you know, OneNote's are synced offline. I can read all those blog posts, all the links, because it, it basically takes a snapshot of the whole page yeah, down into you your should, OneNote. You should try using the OneNote plugin for Chrome. Yeah, that's is, the same which thing. Which is really, cool. it's on par with the Evernote Clipper. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You can uh, clip any section and you can take it to OneNote. And if you have a surface, you can, you know, take, open the pen and just circle it. Um, we can do a lot of things, and and the plugin has recently been updated with a lot of I'm, features. I'm really glad that OneNote's getting the love now with the kind of the surface push with the pen double click, and people just didn't know OneNote there. It's been in there for a long, long time, and it's yeah. so underused. I can still shock and awe anybody with a surface by handwriting and then doing a search and it like highlighting your handwriting based on whatever you wrote. Yep. It just blows people's minds. And one of my friends is a doctor and doctors are notorious for having crap handwriting and it, it won't work on my handwriting. Just try it. So he like wrote a whole paragraph out and he typed into the search like one word and it highlighted it. And this guy was like, mind was blown. He's like, well, what, what, is this new? Like, and I'm like, no, this has been in there for a long, long time. So yeah, that, that's exciting with the OneNote stuff. I'm, I'm interested to see where ISVs take OneNote is an unstructured data source over, you know, like some of the more structured data sources we have in, in SharePoint and groups and other areas. What's cool is like you combine that and I've already played with some search queries around it, but oh, like, really? like being able to target like very targeted searches. Cause I was like, you know, the search in out in OneNote is so good. What if I could like go beyond the notebooks that I actually like use on a daily basis and do like pointed like searches, you know, you know, think about like the office graph and things that might be, you know, in there from. They come up now in the, in office graph too now. And and not to mention all of these, what we're talking about, one known is entirely free, right? So Mm -hmm. you can just go grab the app from, you know, Apple store or Android. And iPad now has the handwriting support too, which is cool. Yeah, I like our direction. We haven't kind of like held the ink just to the Windows platform. Like we just like doesn't matter where it is, we'll we'll run it. Okay, so that's number one, OneNote. Ticking a box for APIs. 
and I know you've had a hand in that as well from kind of running the, the unified stuff, Rob. So that's that's a good tick in the box for you. Yeah, I mean, we're really excited about the work they did. The OneNote team, you know, really did a great job making that same API available for uh, Azure Active Directory users, and then integrating it with. Uh, Notebooks that are stored in SharePoint sites and all that kind of stuff is coming soon. So. Yeah. We actually did a podcast with James Lau, who's unfortunately left Microsoft, but um, that's a really good show because he goes into depth about all that stuff in more detail from a consumer side. So if you're interested in that OneNote stuff, um, I forget what episode it is, but it's a really good episode. Um, you can check out on dev.office.com, WAC Podcasts. Shax, what was your favorite thing from Office that we announced? Um, well, from my previous job, I think there are some really cool updates that people are going to see with the Visual Studio 2015 RC yeah. that was announced today. Um, so along with the RC, um, you get support for building Windows 10 apps, an updated SDK for Windows 10, as well as um, you get uh, the new updates that we are pushing for um, making your authentication easier, which is one of the biggest feedback we received from developers who are integrating Office APIs. It's like, hey, this authentication piece is really hard. Like even Richard here was like, oh, I don't get it. I have to go back and revisit every time. Yeah. So it's a it's a complex piece, and there's a lot of code uh, in there. A lot of other technical stuff of, hey, I need to create an app in the Azure. I need this token resource. So we worked with uh, different teams and uh, gave you know in RC we have a streamlined experience for adding Azure AD authentication to your web apps. Um, so you can go right-click a web application project in Visual Studio 2015 RC and say, I want authentication. And that will take you through the steps and will set up all the auth and give you the auth code so you don't have to write. Right. You don't have to download the GitHub project. To now, if you're using 2013 of Visual Studio, you've got to download your starter project exactly. from yep. GitHub and, and use that as your base project. Yep. And then if you've already got an existing web app, then you have yep. to start getting crazy with Beyond Compare and... Exactly. Working out what files you need to move yeah. from that starting project. So even project. Your, if it's your existing project or you start from a file new project, you can have this authentication piece. So an existing project, it'll put it, deploy yeah, it in. Exactly. So nice. it'll, it'll try to find out um, using some smartness of you know what uh, how it can configure the Azure AD auth. Um, if you have individual auth, we I think uh, there was a plan to try to convert the individual auth to Azure AD wow, auth. Wow. Cool. Um, so, but there are a lot of stuff in there for developers to go try it out. And Office API tools um, respects that setting. So yep. if you already use the Azure AD wizard, if you already have an app, Azure Office API tools will see that. And hey, you already have an app, so it looks like you already have these permissions. Um, do you want to, you know, you can go configure the other permissions. Cool. Yep. And then it will pull down the right NuGet files and the Exactly. We pull up all the NuGet <laughs> files for Office and um, get you started with um, interacting with the APIs. And so the Windows 10, the universal apps, that's only just become available in this latest build, right? Um, yes. So the uh, support for the API tools, uh, of 65 API tools, the Windows 10 project is available from RC. So you have to download the RC or update to RC yeah. to get that. And I think um, if you go to build Windows, you should probably get to the link where you can download you can all the files. Yep. So speaking of Windows 10 and, and the Visual Studio RC, I know you have a session related to some of that. How many how many times did you have to like re like install Visual Studio in the weeks leading up to this oh, conference? Man. Yeah, so <laughs> there were there were a lot of uh, so every time we get a new build and you know try to get the new stuff in, um, we have to uninstall Visual Studio um, and then work have a right build setup because it's all SDK lined up with the build numbers. So. <coughs> pretty much take half a day 
As I say, there's no backdoor that you know the, to make it install quicker. No. <laughs> yeah. It, it, just it, check in. It, it'll take a half day. Like, <laughs> I, I, the Windows flight, um, I think the same what insiders get, right? Those uh, updates are very quick. Um, even the stuff that I don't know how many of you are aware that if you you'll say Windows installation is complete, you sign in and say, hi, welcome to Windows. Your I'm apps. configuring, still installing your apps. Even that has been reduced a lot uh, when I tried recently. Yeah. But the Visual Studio is always is it's installing a lot of stuff. Like um, now we have Xamarin out of the box. Uh, you can install Apache Cordova, put all the Android stuff, you know, this, to build the cross-platform apps. So it takes quite a while. But yeah, at least I would spend in a week if I calculate my time, maybe one and a half days to to totally get to two bills. Wow. Time. Yeah. Yeah, and so that for you, like that, that's just a process you do as a PM, just kind of testing and testing and testing as you go through. Yeah, um, I like to make sure I know the domain where I'm working and what yeah. I'm doing. So I make sure that I try out these things. And if there is a bug, you know, immediately ping folks. Like I've had really tremendous help in uh, some of the stuff that I'm doing in my session on Friday. We have some new authentication options for Windows 10 UAP apps, the, the universal apps. Um, so you don't have to use ADAL, which is the one of the libraries right. that we use today for authenticating to um, Azure. You have a choice now to say, hey, I want to use the integrated Azure AD auth in Windows 10. Oh, right. That's the web authentication broker in steroids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it's pretty cool stuff. and. It allows you to, you know, uh, talk to AAD and get the tokens just like you would do in AAD, so ADAL. But it gives the flexibility of storing the cache, everything in Windows, and you can actually go to your accounts and scroll down, and it'll say that, oh, you have connected your AAD account to cool. with your, you know, Windows account. Um, so that's some pretty stuff. I'll be doing a demo in my session on Friday. I think it's Friday, two p.m. Yeah, and Todd McGinsey is doing one. I think it's Thursday with Doreen Brown actually on um, how he built the Property Inspector app out. Yep. And he's demoing that RC to show how to build an ASP.NBC yep. app using that new tooling. So um, yeah, if you're interested in those things, um, TVAG's doing that. And I think one important thing for folks is like the new Windows Universal apps, you don't have any more separate projects for Windows desktop or tablet or yeah. um, phone or even for Xbox in that sense. You have one package and you can build everything in that. It's pretty awesome once you start building the app and you can see the power of the whole Windows platform. Yeah, the the, the news app, they, which news company was it? USA Today. USA, USA Today. Today. That was really cool. Uh, Terry was kind of shrinking it down yeah. and it was flowing. It's very and, responsive, yeah. Yeah, it's really it's, nice. It's really very easy to build such apps. I had very less time to build Windows 10 apps and it didn't take me long to get it to understand yeah. what they have and how to kind of get that support. No, I think small or big device. We're, we're definitely turning a corner in terms of kind of people not believing in the Windows kind of ecosystem and the platform. I think with with the way that tooling's going, I think it's really exciting to see where we're going with that. Yeah. And I think the buzz around the Surface has made a big difference too. I love it when I see people with a Surface who are non Microsoft kind of, you know, using. Yeah, I them. think I can share interesting stuff here. So I was in um, taking Uber uh, yesterday, just visiting my friend, and when I was coming back, this Uber driver was like. Oh, I mean, are you from here? And I said, Oh, I came. I'm just coming here for Microsoft conference. And he said, oh, I'm a Linux guy. I have played around with Ubuntu and all those stuff for my personal. I can't spend for Mac. It's very expensive. But I quite like your Surface Three that you guys announced a month right. back. It kind of 
makes me like I want a tablet, I want a computer. It's both. Yeah, it's awesome, and it has a pen. So why I think I can buy that. And so me and CJ were like, it's working, <laughs> it's working. <laughs> so it was total random conversation. I didn't even talk about that, um, you know, any of the Microsoft stuff. But he yeah. just dived in and said, no, it's interesting. It's yeah. cool. I'm I'm going to buy one. I think the price point's ridiculous. Yeah, it is good uh, for what it is. I mean, damn, that walking around with meetings rather than lugging a laptop around is perfect. Yeah, I and actually, changed. Um, the guys in front of us. I don't know if you noticed. Oh, we were talking to him. He had a few in his bag, and he had the the Pro Three too. I didn't realize how much smaller it was. It's a really good size. The three? Yeah. It's oh, nice. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, yeah smaller and, and lighter. Yeah. Oh no, I was with Andrew. The guy in front of us was from the team oh, okay. in DX, and he had both devices, and we put them up against each other, and it's it's a good kind of inch less wide than the the Pro Three. So mm. it's a nice size to kind of carry around in your bag. I mean, as good as those are, you know, we got to be like working on something else that's going to outdo that. I can't imagine. I Who mean, knows, man? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it's no. not worth my, my job to even start talking about what that could be. I know. Yeah. So, Rob, moving swiftly on before we get into yeah. dangerous territory. That's right. What did you think was uh, the most exciting thing from an office perspective? I'm going to take two. I'll cheat. Of course you yeah. bloody will. Uh, yeah. Well. And that's because I-, I liked the Office 365 Unified API stuff and... Uh, the Office 365 Unified API also supports cores, which we also announced the support of all over the Office 365 API. So I'll take both of those. So basically your API. baby, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I've been working on the Unified API stuff for a long time. It's it's really cool to see it come together. <clears throat> you know, the Office 365 APIs were a, a, a really big step for us where you have a bunch of different products and services across Microsoft that have totally different API servers. I mean, if you think about like SOAP and AWS and probably 15 different protocols in SharePoint and uh, internal SOAP web services in Azure Active Directory and all that kind of stuff. And you think about um, you know, getting all those engineering teams together and moving in the, the same direction about building sim- simple, consistent RESTO data services, authorized through the same infrastructure, use the same sort of style, support the same sort of query syntax. You know, that's a really big step. And I think that you know, a lot of people are, are using it to make great applications, but it's still leaves a little bit to be desired. Like if you actually want to integrate with Outlook and you want to integrate with SharePoint, you want to integrate with Azure Active Directory, you got to go to three different endpoints. You got to get three different tokens to go and talk to those endpoints. You should use the discovery service to figure out where those endpoints right, are. What the URLs are for Outlook. Yeah. And, yeah. And, then, and then if you have a scenario where it's like, hey, you know, I want to say, get this file from OneDrive and see the user who modified it last and then go figure out if they're in the office or not or yeah. go figure out what team they're on or who their manager is. Like those scenarios are tough because you got to go from the, the files API in SharePoint, OneDrive for Business, and then you got to take the identifier you get out of there and figure out how to plug that into Outlook and get their free busy or their, their calendar info or plug it into Azure Active Directory and get their management hierarchy you got to get different access tokens for those. And those are totally natural scenarios to want to do in a productivity app. So, you know, the, the unified API really puts all that stuff on one endpoint, first of all. Yeah. So you have to do the discovery step. You don't have to figure out where all those services are. It, it means that you get a single access token. So you don't have to redeem that refresh token for a new access token every time you want to talk to a new service. Uh, and then the, the coolest thing is that you can actually just uh, it, it, it's not a bunch of silos that are just hosted on the same domain. It, it's actually services that interact with one another. So if you, you take the URL to go to a user and you just add slash files on it, you navigate to that user's one. And just gets the JSON response straight yeah, away. Exactly. So the um, demo in the keynote that Rob all did 
with the API Explorer. So it's graphexplorer2.azurewebsites.net. Yes. You can go there right now with your tenant and try this. And um, the default will just be the tenant. Well, it's graph.microsoft.com slash beta, beta slash tenant name. tenant name and then slash. And if you do users or you do groups there, you'll get the list of the users of the groups. But then you can immediately select a user and then go whack files or whack events or yeah. get that back. You can use, instead of the tenant, you can just replace it with me, and you can treat it like it's a, just a service for the currently authenticated user's data. Yeah. You can do me slash files. You can do me slash uh, member of to see the groups they're a member of. Me slash direct reports to see reports to them. Me slash events to see your calendar events. Right. Me slash messages to get your inbox. So, so it's, it's pretty cool. So for the tabloid bloggers out there, like who've gone, oh, it's another API. It really isn't. It's just no. an evolution of the fact we had those mail calendar contacts files endpoints. And now we've just like hanging it off of one URL. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, so Yina Reynas is going to do a session tomorrow, uh, and she's got uh, a unified. It's all on the unified API, so it's just for uh, every cool thing that we're jamming in there. Even some stuff that's still in pre-production that'll show up in a couple more weeks. Yeah, um, like integrating the Office graph into there and a bunch of cool stuff like that. I don't want to steal her thunder, but one of her demos is going to be taking one of our existing Files API samples. Uh, downloading that thing from GitHub directly, just changing the endpoint from the existing OneDrive for Business endpoint on SharePoint yeah. to the graph endpoint to access your files and, and it just works. running the exact same project. Wow, that's cool. So it's, it's the same auth scope, same app registration, the same API shape. It's just simpler because you need one access token, there's one endpoint. Uh, so none of the investment you're making in the 0365 APIs is lost. It's it's yeah. just it'll be available on us. Team's been really good. Ina and Dan have been just great in terms of oh, yeah. kind of pushing stuff. Like it's it's cool being in a room with those guys and them just being just so on it in terms of where things are going. Um, yeah, that's definitely a good one. And so that all supports cores as well. Yeah, so that supports cores, and then all of the underlying APIs now support cores too. So, yep. so we announced, I think, a couple months ago that the SharePoint API supported cores. So we yep. support, and we you know, had a bunch of content around that. Um, now the Exchange REST APIs for yep. Mail Counter Contacts also support cores, and Azure Active Directory also supports cores. Yeah, cool. Um, so if you're just using the 0365 APIs that are in production today, you can go use the same sort of core stuff. Um, you know, the 8LJS library that the Active Directory team put out is a really killer library. It's it's awesome. And if you build Angular apps, if you build single page apps with Angular, they have a plugin, uh, they have a library for that integrates Angular with ADAL that is amazing to look it's at. Like, I mean, it's like you it's, add like one attribute yeah. on a route and yeah. Yeah. done. It's ridiculous. It's literally like six lines of code. Like you write a few pieces of config in a JSON thing that says like what your client ID and what your tenant is and which uh, cores endpoints you want to call. And then if you're using Angular routes, you just on each one of the routes that you want to be able to, you want to force the user to log in and have their, their access token for, you just add a parameter that says require ID login equals true. And then if you use $HTTP to make any cores request, it will automatically make sure you have an access token and attach it to that request on your behalf. You don't have to write any other off code. It's yeah. ridiculous. It's really yeah. awesome. And so Andrew Connell and Dan Wallene, and we, we had them on the show recently, where we did ng comp around the Angular stuff, they have some great great labs that are actually hosted on devdoffice.com slash training, where you can go through and build those simple things out and see that running. So the core stuff, Angular in general, is is booming. As a web developer, if you're not looking into it, it's something you really, really need to get your head around. And the nice thing is, is that whether you're building a web application that's like living as a in the app launch or the MyApps page, or you're building um, an Office add-in or a SharePoint add-in, 
you can use Angular across all those things. And I think that's that's exciting as a web developer to be able to build so quickly into the Office stack. And I think today we've, we've been doing mini labs, giving away hoodies and stuff that if you've seen us tweeting today, I know everyone's been replying going, Jeremy, can you save me one? They're gone. All the hoodies are just gone. Are they all gold yeah, dust? I didn't I, even I, get one. Yeah, didn't get one. I didn't get one. I, I got one, but mine's on eBay. Because I, I heard this. Uh, <laughs> <you know. laughs> So I did say this morning, go straight to Sonya and ask for your hoodie, and you didn't. It's your own fault. <laughs> well, at least they were, you know, used as guard hoodies. So. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, so the hoodies are all gone, unfortunately. But we do have some really cool T-shirts with the new illustration that kind of highlights everything the platform does. Um, for those of you who may have picked up on the fact I said add-ins rather than apps for Office and apps for SharePoint, um, as I explained in the kickoff session I did with Rob, or, uh, sorry, Rob Lefferts, that's just, you know, it's just Rubble just rolls yeah, with the tongue, right? Rubble. Everybody knows him as Rubble. Well, everyone in, in Microsoft <laughs> knows him as Rubble. Um, I don't think Satcher called him Rubble on stage. No. I'm pretty sure he called him Rubble efforts. Essentially, we made a decision once we shipped the iPad, Word apps and Excel apps and PowerPoint apps with apps for Office, that apps within apps within apps was just too much of a tongue twister. And so we decided to go with add-ins. And rather than the add-ins only being for the iPad versions of Office, we decided to just do the whole rename. So it's now SharePoint add-ins, Office add-ins, and then if you want to get you know very specific, Outlook add-ins, Word add-ins. It just rolls off the tongue. It's a lot easier. No one gets confused anymore. We have no arguments. It's great. And I think to your point, one thing that we want to highlight is the add-ins now run in iPad. Yes, yeah, epic. That's, that's the big news. Yeah, and the, the SAP demo that Rob did in the keynote, and which we did in the kickoff too, you know, we, we did that on the desktop and, you know, pulls the data from the SAP, injects it into the Excel spreadsheet, makes some modifications, you click the compare button in the task pane. You know, you can do that in Excel online in the web browser, you can do it in iPad, and eventually you better do it in the Android version and the Windows 10 version that Terry demoed. So, um, and you don't have to change the code. That's the really cool part. You write the add-in once, and it works across all those platforms. So it's a really compelling way to get across. You know, 1.3 billion users that use Office can now kind of start leveraging these add-ons inside Office. So it's really exciting. Um, from my perspective, which is a good segue, and I'm going to kind of borrow Richard's hard work, although it only took you two days. And, you know, I do not know how you build that in two days, but I, whatever, you know. There's clearly a lot of, like, crazy amounts of drugs or coke or whatever to... <laughs> We had to code up a storm with do.com. Wow. Well, I think um, my wife's listening. That's yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Coca-Cola. Yeah. All right. And pseudoephrine, uh, like Advil, um, which legs on the other segue, which we'll jump into afterwards about Rubble's notification mishap. Um, but no, like you, you built this new add-in for do.com where we, people have been asking us for a while. We want to be able to get into the ribbon in Outlook. Um, so now you can actually get in natively into the ribbon in Outlook with a button. So it's very easy, manifest change, call little icon, clicked on the icon in the ribbon, and now you get a task pane directly in the homepage of Outlook. Very much like, was it Zob Zobni? Zobni. Zobni was like the killer inbox backwards. com add-in, right? Yep. Now you have that notion, and then you selected the email in your inbox, and that task pane lit up in context of the email, and we did some cool stuff there where scrape the email, creating the meeting in do.com, and then you could do the out the OneNote export there too. Two days of work. I don't know how you did it, but it's awesome. Um, so for me, that what we're calling that is an add-in command. Um, the reason we're calling it an add-in command rather than a ribbon add-on like we do in, in SharePoint is that this is the first example somewhere where we're extending the UI outside of the task pane and the, the Compose apps in Outlook and 
same thing with the task pane and content in PowerPoint, Word and Excel, is that there'll be other areas within the office suite where you'll be able to do these um, rich kind of experiences. In the backstage, you'll be able to do those things as well. So there'll be all these kind of adding commands you'll be able to add, which is, I think it's really cool. I think it's going to be another way to kind of extend Office like you used to be able to do with VSTO and yeah. VBA. Yeah, and it's, it's um, you know, the example with do.com, it was just a ribbon button. And what's cool is it, it brings their brand into Office. Right. So as an ISV, you know, why wouldn't I want my logo right. where someone spends half their day, yep. um, you know, and have be able to launch things contextually. But, but my understanding is we're going to extend that to be able to have entire tabs if you yep. want, right? Ribbon, and, ribbon groups and, and maybe even have commands that don't even have a UI. Maybe it just runs a command and is able to do, you know, some sort of execution behind the scenes. Yeah, so, and, and it's as simple as just the manifest being uploaded um, directly into the app catalog. Like it's really, really simple. And they just, every time you boot up Outlook or whatever, it reads all the manifests related to your login and just loads up all those extensions. Yep. Well, I think uh, the other reason that we call it commands as opposed to just ribbon is that if you if you go back and think about like the, the, the different places where, or the different experiences Office has across a bunch of different devices, you're not always going to have a ribbon, but we want to make sure that that command shows up in whatever the appropriate surface is uh, that's for right. all of those that's devices. True. So yep. you know, if you're on a mobile device and that mobile device has a version of Outlook that doesn't run a ribbon, but it has a command surface, we still want that command to show up. Yeah. We still want to be there. Native so to that operating system. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, because even in the iPad, it's a little bit different. It's not really a, right. a ribbon per se, right? Right. No, that makes sense. It's cool. So for me, that was the exciting one. Um, it's definitely some, talking to a lot of ISVs, the, the killer scenario for Office. And, you know, like like we've done with SharePoint with the PMP stuff where we closed those gaps on, you know, what you couldn't do with SharePoint add-ins that you could do with full trust code. I think now we've really started to accelerate on the Office side where you could do it with VSTO and VBA and you can now do it with the Office add-ins. So, yeah, I'm excited to see see that area of it as well. And I will just say that if you didn't watch the keynote, it's highly worth watching purely for the notification aspect that happened in the <laughs> keynote. Now, credit to the guy. We are going to email him. I think we need to give him a prize. <laughs> he must have seen in Rubble's demo the email address in Outlook in the in the header at the top or something. Yeah, and, and hold on. Hold on a second. So just to paint context here if they didn't watch it, this is Rob Leffert sitting on stage with shoulder to shoulder yep. with Microsoft CEO Satya yeah. Nadella. And we're talking shoulder to shoulder, like such as like standing over him, watching every keyboard press. It better work. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, this little notification comes out of the bottom, and it was like a random one. And then another one comes up, and it was like, it's like hey, Rob. Yeah, give me the drugs. <laughs> Send me the drugs. Send me yeah, the drugs. And it was from like some German dude with like a .de email address. And I don't think they saw it. I don't I think they realized what the notification was, but Tom Warren from, um, is he VentureBeat or is he? Um, no, Verge. Uh, he's from The Verge. Yeah. Had taken a photo just at that moment and tweeted it. <laughs> and then everyone saw the tweet and started laughing. And even such was like, why is everyone laughing? <laughs> and then they carried on with their demo. So I was like, you just never know, right? Like, yeah. So in our one, we did turn off notifications because someone else was bound to have tried that. Yeah, so that was a bit of fun. I think uh, CJ, my manager, was very relieved after that keynote was over because that was a, it was thirty minutes of solid demos, and some of that was on pre-production stuff, and um, it was great that we got that attention. The fact that Sutra yeah. was on stage demoing it was really cool. I think normally thing, I would say just make sure you close Outlook before your demos. Yeah, but, right. Uh, but in this case, because it was a demo for Outlook, they had to have it. Open, <laughs> so just make sure you turn off notifications. <laughs> 
I think one thing we should not forget is the, uh, the, the, the things that were announced in the Azure session on the things that they were, you know, competing with AWS and now it's coming to feature to feature comparison. It's crazy. Yeah, that's caught up. Exactly. I've heard yeah. people in the hallway and things, uh, you know, talking about how Azure is now pretty much placed in comparison with AWS, with yeah. Redshift and, and other things that we have in the, in the cloud space. Yeah. Um, and the fact that now you don't have to go and, you know, if you want to change some semantics in the database, you can actually create a job and, and run it. And, and, you know, you don't have to say, oh, I want to create, I want to have some weird stuff to stop this and then create a new database with that schema. Yeah. So they're pretty good announcements for folks that are, you know, building the back end. And the worlds are all colliding too. The demos that Scott Hanselman did around the the Logic apps and yeah. the API apps, yeah. yeah, that's all relevant now to Office 365 yeah. with the Azure AD code for Mac. Yeah, that was a mind blowing one. When I heard that was coming, I was like, "Really, we're doing that? It's it's pretty cool." Did you download it? I haven't yet. I've no, been I've been too busy. Down. I do want to try it, but I think the scenario is web development, right? It's like a it's purely focused around yeah, web, it looks web projects. more like web and backend service. Like if you want to do some Azure stuff with. Um, mobile services and things like that. I think it's a pretty good compelling case to open up in a Mac and start writing code. No, it's cool. It's really exciting. Right, well, we've talked a lot. And and, and if you don't realize as you're listening to this, we're all pretty excited and pumped after today. (laughs) I guess we love our jobs. Yeah. Um, it's been, it's been yeah. a it's been a, a long time coming. I think we've been prepping for this for pretty much since TechEd Europe finished. We've all like engineering and marketing have just been heads down focused on you know, build essentially has been the has been the main target. So um, it's been good to, I mean, release as much as we had. Yeah, and so then we're going to go back next week and start trucking again. Yeah, that's right. We'll go back to camp, camp, campus and it'll be right. What's the next event in six months? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stop for any, does it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so all I'd recommend for people listening is we'll, we'll do a similar podcast at Ignite with some other news that we'll be announcing. And I'd highly recommend getting on Channel Nine. And um, at the minimum, watching the, the the one that I did with Rob Lefferts where we kind of cover everything. But I definitely recommend going on some of the deeper sessions with what Rob Howell's done and Shax has done and Rich is doing and Andrew Connell and Ina. Like there's some really good speakers here this week covering off a lot of this stuff in detail. So, um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll keep this trucking. And um, I'll leave you with one thing. Go to dev.office.com and sign up for the developer program. The developer program we announced today um, what you'll get out of signing up is a free one-year developer tenant for Office 365, as well as a one-year license to the Kendo, uh, the Telerik Kendo UI controls, which is a JavaScript control set that you get totally for free. Um, Drip.com license for a basic subscription, which allows you, if you're an ISV, to start doing kind of communications with your users based on what they're doing with the app, which is really, really cool. And also, we'll be doing a bunch of webinars that we'll do with engineering. So we'll be grabbing Rob and Rich and Shucks to talk about new stuff on a, on a private webinar, only if you're in the program. And we will be communicating with you via email. So a lot of the feedback we had was, you know, we don't really know what's coming, when, and when things are changing. Um, because you opt into these emails, we now have a new channel to deliver that news that we didn't have before. And so we're going to get really good at kind of communicating with you guys on that stuff in a very similar way to what we do with the, the Dev Digest post that I write every month. But it'll be on a more frequent basis as well. So definitely get in that program. Um, the drip and the kendo stuff is the first example of stuff we'll give away from free. Um, but we do have, uh, from a marketing side, some more money to give away some other stuff as part of that program. So I'm really excited. We've had lots and lots of signups today. Um, so if you haven't signed up already, definitely get in there and get one of those tenants and get all those free stuff. Free stuff. 
Hey, look, we should give away some free stuff. So why don't like the 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 first person that like tweets and mentions like maybe Jeremy, myself, Rob, and Jax gets I'll, a free I'll T-shirt. Sh- we should do that. We should definitely I'll, do that. I'll, I'll I'll ship it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you've got to mention all four of us on our tweet handles. You can do the research on what our tweet handles are. And uh, if you tweet it with the hashtag of build2015 and hashtag of office365dev, we'll send you a shirt. Look at that. Done. Done. Boom. <laughs> Are you sure you're not in marketing, Rich? I don't know. It just seems like a fun thing to do. Now, are we saying the, just the first, though, or maybe like the first few? Maybe, yeah. We'll, 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 we'll work it out. We'll work out the logistics later. Okay. Um, but, yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and um, we'll uh, speak to you next week at night. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogs.office.com dev, where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group in the Office 365 Technical Network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.